and welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. I'm Jasmine. I am your host for this podcast. And thank you for listening in. And I'd like to introduce you today to Barb Patterson. Hi, Barb. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So people who are listening, Barb was a super coach in 2012. So she (laughs) did it before me. And she's been out there and she came to my super coach and any other classes that I've taken. I don't even remember where I've seen her specifically, but I know that I've seen her. And what I remember the most about Barb was that she was business girl. She was like, she was into business. So I was, I was looking forward to talking with you about that. But before we do, if you would like to, instead of me introducing, introducing you as a business girl, how about you introduce yourself to my people? Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, so I live in Portland, Oregon in the U.S. And um I've had this business now for going on 11 years, and um, I'm a coach and a consultant, and I share how an understanding of our mind and our deeper nature really um, has a direct relationship to anything we're up to in, in our life and in our work. And in particular, that how do we bring who we are to our life and our work. And this understanding has been just really transformative for me. It, it, you know, kind of changed everything in a really lovely way. But I will also say that my career, my whole adult career has been in personal and professional leadership, talent management. So really helping organizations, organizational culture and their leaders really kind of transform has been what I've been doing for many, many years. And, you know, other people may relate to this, but kind of, you know, we teach what we need to learn. So I was always my first uh, guinea pig in anything I learned, (laughs) you know, so. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I'm, I, I love organizing. I love organization. And I think that like, for me, it was always about producing as much as I could efficiently and um, being productive. Like for me, because everywhere that I've been, I had a lot of things to do. Like there was always many, many tasks to do. And I couldn't stand not doing them all. (laughs) And and then screwing up on some. So I studied, you know, organization. And, you know, how to be efficient. And I've studied systems and, you know, so I was a customer relationship management nice. consultant yeah. for, for a long time, you know, so, and how, how did, so now, now you're, basically you've been doing this for 11 years, but your focus, like I was looking at your website. So you do like to work with solopreneurs. I do. I work with solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business and executive leaders, and kind of all different levels and sizes of companies. And I'll just talk about the solopreneur because um, I'm one and you are too. And uh, 
really, it was early on when I was beginning, starting my business and at the same time, really learning how an understanding of our mind and our deeper nature changes the way we move in the world. And where I experienced it most powerfully was how I was moving inside my own business and how I was finding my way and tapping into potential I hadn't tapped into before. I was um, feeling, I was taking more risk and not that I wasn't a risk taker before I was, but there was a lot of thinking that went around it before. And I realized that I was moving through my business with less pressure and grind and striving. And listen, I am like perpetually on this learning curve, but I started to realize that, oh, I was getting touched by life in a more, in more simple ways. I was, um, getting exposed to new opportunities and possibilities. And there was something I could feel that my internal climate was so significantly different than it had been the previous 30 plus years of my career. And that was revolutionary for me to realize that, you know, I've shared this before, but when I was living in Europe, right before I decided to leave that executive position, move back to the States and start this business. If somebody had said to me, uh, would you like to take a class on well-being? I would have went, uh, nope, thank you, I'm good. You know, if somebody would have said, you know, do you want to take a stress management class? I would have been like, nope, I'm good at managing stress. You know, I just didn't realize <laughs> because it was my norm. I didn't realize how much I was living in this feeling of pressure and urgency and kind of behind the eight ball and this drive, this kind of constant drive to do well and to bring, get it right. And, um, and then when I started to get feedback from some of my mentors and early in this process, I started to realize how busy-minded I actually was, how internally active I was. Now, I thought I had to be. I thought that that was one of the reasons why I did as well in my career, because I held it all. I thought about it. I mm-hmm. pre-planned. I, you know, and so it was, it took a while for me to trust that I could slow down internally and still create a business that thrived, that I could slow down internally and feel more joy and fulfillment along the way. I could slow down internally and I wouldn't stay on my couch forever. (laughs) You know, like I, I had a lot to learn in that direction, but it was so powerful. And, you know, in my first year, I had I remember, you know, getting some feedback from um, George Pransky about how sped up I was. And it was that that began to show me a different relationship to all of my thinking and all my old concepts of how we do well in business. And it was Michael, who was my coach at the time, Michael Neal. I remember saying to him at one point, I just thought I would be further along. This was like nine months into being back. 
And, um, and I said to him, I'm, I'm like, you know, am I doing something wrong? And he said to me, you know, Barb, I think you're, you're kind of like the energizer bunny that was running and had learned to run on 30% power. And he said, and you got a lot done at 30% power, but that's basically what you were running off of it without realizing it. And he said, and now after slowing down and, you know, slowing down inside as well as your life slowing down, you're at about a 70%. So you feel a ton better and you're like, come on already, but there's still more to be recharged and more slowing down to happen. And, you know, it was like a perfect analogy for me in that moment, because I could hear the truth in it. I could hear like, oh yeah, like as much as I've let go of the grip of thought and push in my business, there is still so much more to learn and discover. And I would say even 10, 11 years later, I continue to be shown how there is a, there is a way that we can create and live in our businesses and express ourselves authentically um, that does not require the kind of effort I think it does at times. Mm. How's your level of tolerance now for stress? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's a sign of health when your tolerance goes down, right? And so, yeah, you know, I can still, don't get me wrong, I, I can still, I have that sort of memory, body memory, right, yeah. where I can get into things. But um, I, I now know I don't respect it. I don't respect it like I used to. Like, to me, that was the source of doing well, was my ability to push through, my ability to override tiredness, my ability to just hammer through regardless, you know, like that I thought was the source of success. And I've really, I know now that that is a misunderstanding. Now, do I still have moments when I forget, or it looks like I need to be trying harder? Yes, but I will wake up and remember. And, and at that point, can do whatever occurs to me in that moment to kind of take my foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, the, the big one that I saw for myself lately, like, as you said, you, you, you wanted to do well, right? Yeah. For me, for me, it was I wanted to be good. Mm. Like, I, I hadn't seen how much pressure I was putting on myself yeah. to be good. Like, like I was always caught up in the, okay, I have to be fair. This has to be just, you know, like, it's like such a misunderstanding of, okay, well, I, I am fair. I don't have to be fair. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I am fair. Uh, so I don't have to go into my brain and make up what fair is. I'll know what fair is, yeah. you know? Um, so that, that kind of started, I, I kind of saw there was these, these little things that bugged me, like loyalty. <laughs> loyalty was one of them. It was like, okay, well, I have to be loyal to this person, you know? And I started seeing that I was more loyal to the person than I was loyal to myself. And I was, and that kind of like, like for years, it was fine. There was no, like, it was like, no, no, I'm loyal. 
<laughs> but then at one point I kind of like went, wait, are you though? Like, really? Like, and it, like, just things started to dismantle things that I believed for years and years and just lived my life according to them because that's what it was that all of a sudden just started to dismantle you know yeah, like nice. actually I I'm I'm good like I'm actually good I'm a, I'm a I'm a very good person like you know and it's like before before this I wouldn't be able to say it because it was like okay you can't boast no actually I'm a good person (laughs) I can boast it it's it's all good I agree (laughs) like I'm okay with that you know and now I don't have to be loyal or disloyal I'm I'm just who I am and I'm you know there's it's kind of like a head thing, right? It's like a thought, like you, you have to be loyal. Yeah. Why do you have to be loyal? You think of not being loyal? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like there's a little yeah. thing that shows up there. Yeah. So that was, that, that, that was a really, it released me. Like I, I didn't know how much pressure I had on that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And I think that's it. I think all of us, you know, we have these ideas that we've just sort of accumulated throughout our life, whether, you know, it was from our family of origin, whether something happened in our life. So we drew a conclusion about ourselves or, you know, um, we've heard it from society, culture, all those things. We, we don't realize how much we're kind of moving through our life and our work with a lot of preconceived ideas. We've kind of taken those thoughts and those ideas about who we are, what we're good at, what we're not good at, what we're capable of, and we're living as if they're truth rather than just some thought we had or a decision we made or a misunderstanding. And so then we're trying to stretch ourselves, try something new, you know, start our own business, do something that we're excited but we think we have to navigate it with all these ideas about ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, our personality, our past, you know, again, like all these things that we have to overcome. Yet when we understand that there is so much more to who we are than those ideas, that our personalities are not fixed, right? Our experiences aren't fixed, our uh, feelings aren't fixed. You start to realize that, oh yeah, I, my personality isn't this set thing that's rooted and I got to deal with it. You start to see more of the fluid nature of who we are. And in that we get more range when we are not, when we are less locked into the thinking that we know who we are and what we're good at it, what we're not, we begin to experience and give ourselves more room. When we understand that, okay, I, I thought, you know, I wasn't good at that, or I, I had a thought that I have a, you know, um, I don't like Mm. speaking in front of people, like just all these things that we put out there as if they're truths. And if we get and hold that all a little looser, what you start to discover is there's more to me than I realized. I don't have to navigate my business or my relationships trying to dodge my faults or overcome my weaknesses. You start to see that, oh yeah, we have available to us in every moment this sort of um, pure potential 
to have any experience in any minute. Hmm. So let me ask you. So, like you said earlier, you're a solopreneur. I'm a solopreneur. Yeah. What is, I'm asking you the question and I'm like, would I be able to answer it? Uh, <laughs> what is like, I'm not going to say the biggest, but what is one of the game changing things that transformed your business for you that you kind of like got? Well, I would say there was a, a moment that was pretty transformative for me and I was sitting at my desk and I was looking out the window and I felt myself begin to get worried about my business and how I was doing and I started having these thoughts like yeah I need more clients I you know what what's happening right now isn't sustainable you know just like the the normal kind of fear that we all have right mm. and then I saw it I saw that by me leaning into that thinking, I was getting more and more revved up. I was getting more and more anxious and wanting to do something, you know, like I could feel the impulse now to just start doing things. And in that moment, I had a level of awareness just in that moment. And it was just really clear to me, I do not want to build my business from fear and insecurity and push and effort and but underneath all that again was the fear and insecurity and i remember thinking okay i don't know that i know how to do it any other way like you know um but i know i don't want to and i trust that there's another way because of my teachers and mentors at the time that kept pointing me to you, you don't have to try so hard. You don't have to be so busy-minded. You don't have to hold it so grip. Have you thought about taking more time off? Like, you know, kind of all these things that sounded ridiculous to me when I thought, no, I'm trying to build something here. And yet I could hear the truth in it. Something spoke to me. And so in that moment, I was like, okay, I have no evidence that this is gonna work. I have no evidence that I can keep leaning into a slower, more spacious internal space and I'll create something. I have no evidence that I'll, I can slow down and let go of the grip of my doer and that I'll actually keep moving. You know, it's like to me, I had success, as I said earlier, linked to the striving, the push, the drive. And, um, but I knew I could see in that moment that I, I, I wanted another way. And so it was, I, I, in hindsight, I guess I would speak to it. Like I decided to borrow someone else's trust, you know, like borrow mm -hmm. the trust of my mentors and teachers. Um, but to be clear, I wasn't, it wasn't blind faith. There was something, my wisdom, my internal wisdom was nudging me and telling me you can do it another way there's another way, pay attention, there's another way. So it was in that moment that I just, I feel like I'm, I made a choice. Now, like I said, that doesn't mean I didn't have to still learn how to not be so 
intense inside, how to not be pushy and rush. And, you know, I'm a learning curve effort. But um, I can say now, 10, 11 years later, I have lots of evidence that you can build a successful business. You can build a business where you feel like you get to be who you are and grow and evolve and it can wake you up to more of who you are in a really lovely way. You can have wonderful connections and learn and the ups and downs of it all without having to be motivated by fear and insecurity. And um, yeah, that's, you know, what I'm hearing and what you're saying is like, you knew, you knew your other way worked. Yeah. You've done it. So yeah, I know if I stress myself out enough and if I, think about it enough and if I plan enough and if I worry enough and if like you knew like if I do all of these things I I I know it works yeah I've done it right the whole point is you don't have to yeah yeah well and there's a price that other way and and the price is yes there's a physical mental emotional spiritual toll for sure But the other price that I wasn't aware of was that it robs us of connecting to life more fully. It it robs us of joy because I was constantly on to the next better thing. You know, it also Mm. robs us of depth and intimacy. So if I'm rushing across the surface of my life and, you know, on to the next thing and never really dropping in to experience the deeper, richer quality of life and relationships and connection. And, you know, I, I would have given myself an A plus on relationships and my ability to connect. And, uh, but I had no idea there was so much more on offer. I had no idea how my internal busyness and striving was keeping me from intimacy and deeper connections and also getting touched by those connections in a richer way. And, you know, I know that my busyness, my internal mind being so rushed and active, um, when I slowed down, when I got more of a feel for more internal spaciousness, my impact and my work went to another level as well. And, and just to say, I think in your example and mine, a lot of people I know, we're all, we're high functioning, right? Um, so, but to know that even as a high functioning person, um, there's another way, you know, there's more connection and depth and the richness of life and peace of mind and well-being and love and laughter and lightness available to us in our business. Yeah, I see. As you're speaking, I'm just reminded like these these podcasts. I mean, I've done this is I'm starting my fourth season now, right? So I mean, I've had like, I'm gonna average 20 episodes per season. So and I've been talking to, let's say I met 60 people, right? And I have these gorgeous conversations with every single one of them. And I do connect. And Mm -hmm. I most of them I don't get to talk to again you know like it's not like we're friends but like in this moment I'm here with you 
Yeah. And we're having, and, and I think that that's the connection, right? That's right. I, and I used to fear it. I, I have to admit, I used to fear it. You know, I thought I, cause I had made up that there was all this stuff that came with connection. Not true. Nothing comes with mm-hmm. connection. It's just connection. Right. And I just saw lately that when there's a group, I, I didn't connect. I, I didn't see it. And I, at one point I was like, oh my God, I, like, I just like all of a sudden it just came to me. I was like, I don't connect in groups. Hmm. Like I had this thing going on about that. So, and I haven't had a group since we'll see, uh, <laughs> but I've seen it. I know that it's, 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 you know, it's something I can't unsee it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. What a gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's. And, and I think like for me, the seeing, you know, and just, I, and I remember in the beginning when I would see these things and, and I would share with my friends, or, you know, what I just saw, I don't know, I'm going to make stuff up because I, you know, once I see it, sometimes I just, it just disappears also, right? It doesn't stay alive anymore. I can just drop it. But let's say, oh, I was selfish. And then people go, yeah, we knew that. And I'm kind of like... <laughs> You know, I, so I stopped telling people what was going on with me in the beginning. Cause it was just too, I wasn't ready to, to vo- vocalize it. Right. To, uh, to, yeah. Yeah. But the seeing of many things and then the owning of it and just saying, oh yeah, it's true. I was selfish there. Oh yeah. It's true. Like all the bad news that I figured out about myself. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'd be like, yeah. oh man, I manipulated <laughs> you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, these kind of things. But now I love that I can own it because once I own it, I know I can, you know, get yeah. rid of it, change it, do something about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think also, you know, as somebody that's been in the field of transformation and self-improvement and organizational improvement. I, I've been trained to have an eye for what's broken. And when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, you know, that saying. And so I had a habit of looking for what wasn't quite where I wanted it to be inside myself. And so that sort of if only I was this way, it would help here. If only I could be more disciplined. If only I could be um, more courageous. If only I could be more focused. If only I could lose 10 pounds. If only, you know, like I just had a lot of if onlys. And they're tricky because it looks real to us. Like, oh, if only this, my life would be better. But I started to see when I started to understand thought more and more and see all the thought, I realized that my constant attention towards and looking for what might need improvement was leaving me in a constant feeling of dissatisfaction. And it was also, there wasn't a lot of room for self-love and compassion. You know, I was constantly, and it wasn't intense, but there was sort of this constant standard that I wasn't living up to. 
And again, I didn't realize that that internal kind of climate was having an effect on me because it seemed reasonable and rational, you know, I didn't understand that it was actually um, keeping me more internal at times that was, you know, putting mountains in my mind when it was nothing, you know, it was looking like I had more to do before I could really experience my fullness, my wholeness. And that's the misunderstanding, you know, so yes, of course, we're always evolving. Have I had to learn how to do things in my business? Absolutely. But I think that that sort of constant view that somehow I need to keep tweaking myself to, to get what I want, to be who I want to be, um, has been a trick of the mind and has been something that again has created, you know, when I'm feeling more pressure or heaviness or weighted down in my business, I know I'm taking something too seriously. That's my red flag now. And I want to say that because I think that the, the way through is love and compassion and seeing our innocence, you know, I'm so quick to see where I could tweak myself, but am I just as quick to see at the end of the day, we're all doing the best we can in any given moment, including me. Can I sit in a feeling of love and compassion for myself in the same way I do with you know, my aunt, the animals around or good friends or family members or my clients, you know, it's like, I didn't realize that the feeling I lived in for myself, it wasn't like intensely negative, but it wasn't the feeling of love and ease. And, you know, it's like, I have a, a niece and a good friend that were visiting me one time. And I, just like they walked into the room and I just lit up. I just, you know, so glad that they were there. I love them so much. And in a conversation that weekend, I realized we were talking about self-love and um, it's not a topic I really am that interested in. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. But (laughs) it really showed me something because I realized, oh, when I consider myself, that feeling isn't there. It's more it's a little cooler and more distant and um, it's got work on its mind, right? And work on self on its mind. But my niece and my friend didn't have to earn anything, do anything to earn my love and affection. They didn't have to change at all. And so I just started to see like, oh yeah, the can I drop self-improvement? And this is like, hard for me. I just will share. That was a few years ago, but I continue to see my, 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 my um, tendency towards self-improvement as the key to having a good business and a good life and being a good woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just yeah. bring that up to say, yeah, what if we could live in the feeling of love and compassion and innocence in regards to ourself as well? I, I totally get that. I, I had this, I had this thought pop into my head once because when I look at my pets, I mean, I mean, I look at her and I, I'm like, how, how can I love her more? Like, I just looked at her three seconds ago and I loved her. But then if I turn around and I look at her again, I'm going to love her even more. 
Yeah. Like I like and and animals, any animal, I'm like, it's instantaneous, you know, like just the pigeon. I mean, I saw the pigeon outside. I was like, okay, I gotta go help the pigeon. For those of you, I didn't tell you in the podcast, but I found a baby pigeon outside and I couldn't leave him out there. So now he's in a cage and I'm finding a home for him. Uh that's it. Uh, but I get this, I I it's instant. There, it's in, unconditional. Like they, they could bite me. They could scratch me. They could do anything that they want. For me, it's kind of like I'm. Nothing is going to change my feeling for them. Yeah. And and I had the thought at one point. I I looked at my father, and I was like, Wow! Like I love my dog more than I love my father. Like I had, I really had that thought. And of course, the next thought that came on was, how dare you? How could you be like that? This whole thinking came up, but it came back and it came back. And I, and I just saw how there's just, there's just a lot of thinking that's in the way about it. Like when it comes to animals, I just don't have any thinking. They're innocent. They're pure. They're, they're, they're nature they're like they they do what they do they don't have language you know like so I have this thing going on and and that evolved into that evolved into that feeling is not her Mm -hmm. that feeling is me I'm the one generating the feeling it's an inside out thing so every feeling that occurs to me now is like this is mine has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with that, has nothing to do with the dog. It's me. And that also was great because that also transformed my relationship with people because now I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, it's it's me. And I can talk to anybody and I can be with anybody. I used to be like, oh no, if you did this in your life, I can't talk to you. Oh, if you do that in your life, I can't talk to you. If if you say this word, I can't talk to you. This is, was like ridiculousness that occurred, you know, just because of thinking. It was innocence, like you said, it's it it was an innocent thing that I was doing. But now I'm just like seeing it's all me. Yeah. I can bring this feeling anywhere. And that is beautiful yeah 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 it's just beautiful yeah yeah and I think that's so profound what you're saying because when we realize circumstances people don't have to change for us to find that feeling of connection and peace and love inside of ourselves it's so powerful and also when we think about our businesses if we understand that the fruits of what we say, um, how we work with others, our creative ideas for our work, the ways we have impact are always being shaped and informed by what's happening inside of us. It's like, oh yeah, well, don't I want that garden, right? That soil, that garden to be rich and Mm. aerated and you know and so to realize that oh yeah that living in that feeling and we don't have to be attached to it um you know come our our feelings are transient and our experience is transient which is great but do we know where home base is do we know where home base is inside of us and to to just consider that there are like infinite levels of that richness 
that quality of feeling inside of us? And can we hold that for ourselves as much as we're willing to hold it for other people? Mm. And I guarantee what comes from that space is tailor-made for us yeah. and whatever's on our path. When you come from love, you create love. Yeah, yeah. I really see it. I, I really see it. It's like, where are you coming from? You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Barb, this was a gorgeous conversation. Yeah, so nice to talk to you. Same here, same here. Before we leave, do, would you like to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, did, I, did I see correctly on your website, you have a program starting soon? Or is it? Um, I think there'll be, there are a couple things kind of in the works, but um, you might be seeing the um, previous small group I had, but I am doing a workshop this summer. Um, it's going to be in July and um, information will hopefully kind of be ready to share later this week, but it really, it's a two-day retreat for solopreneurs. It's um, called Rooted to Rise. I did a program last December with that theme. And the idea is that we sort of take a little summer vacation, right? We summer retreat. And we use that time to do exactly what you and I were just talking about is getting more deeply rooted in that essential nature, that creative space within us. We listen to what's alive inside of us, what wants to be expressed through us, where does our curiosity, our inner promptings want to take us. And the more that we can get rooted in and connect it to that essential nature, to that wisdom within, then it becomes and informs everything we do for our businesses. And so you know it's it's a, a retreat from the mind, it's a retreat from the pressure and an opportunity to just dip in so that we can step back out into our worlds and our businesses for the second half of the year in a new way. Very nice. So they can, they can get the information. They can sign um, up. BarbaraPatterson.com. Yeah. Barbara and they can sign up to your newsletter. So yes, I, you yeah. have a beautiful newsletter, by the way. I, I oh, looked at it. You. It's very nicely built. Thank very you. Clean. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because last year, early in the year, I sort of my own inner prompting was to take a break from the podcast and the writing and the blog. And that break ended up being a year. And, and um, there were times when I really questioned if I had lost the plot completely, right? <laughs> so, um, but it's nice to be writing every week once again and sharing. And so I appreciate you, uh, your compliment. Thank you. Well, Barb, thank you again. And um, I wish you good luck in everything. And you as well. Thank you for all you're doing. I think it's um, hosting people, having these conversations is such a beautiful way to give back to people. So thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody else, I'm going to say dream it, dare it, do it, live the life that you want and see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>